We're grateful to 10 of those for sponsoring this season. Unconventional by Sharon Dickens is an honest, straight-up account of where to start with women's ministry in your local church. Informed by her decades of experience discipling women on some of the most deprived estates in Scotland, Sharon shares the DNA for their women's ministry with humour, wisdom and challenge. It's given me lots to think about as someone who's involved in discipling women in our church family, and it's just a really helpful practical spur to that end. Pick up your copy at tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. We've been enjoying going through Ecclesiastes in this season, and we are jumping into chapters five and six this episode. Great to see you, Sarah. I've got a cup of tea. What have you got? A gluten-free hobnob because my biscuit sympathy pangs have been growing through the season and I thought, here we are. And I've got to tell you, it tastes exactly the same as the normal hobnob, doesn't it? And I looked on the ingredients list and there's really not much difference because it's made of oats. Um, So my opinion is, yeah, keep eating those, basically. Well, and I do have some in my cupboard, actually, because that is so far the most successful gluten-free mm. biscuit. I love that idea of biscuit pangs. It's, it's, I'm so grateful for those who have emailed in with some suggestions. Turns out there are a fair number of gluten-free people out there. So I maybe that the, the pangs are not just confined to me. <laughs> Turns out our biscuit chat is not relevant for a fair number of listeners because they can't eat anything that we're <laughs> <I know. laughs> Well, What we'll have to do is share the suggestions, for you know, share the love of these gluten-free biscuit treats. Um, but Sarah, last episode, Karen Sewell joined us and spoke great sense and wonderful things into our Ecclesiastes discussions what was your kind of biggest takeaway the thing that struck you most from that conversation I mean the fact that she made it seem simple (laughs) I know I know (laughs) just well done to her just brilliant um I think she had this phrase uh which was just really helpful and that she she said that the book of Ecclesiastes prepares our hearts to receive Jesus and the resurrection life that he brings And I just thought that was so wonderfully helpful that actually if we sit in this and we sit in this wisdom and in this truth of how the world is, how broken it is and the longing that we have in it, um, actually that that does us good because it prepares our hearts more and more to receive Jesus and to be then super excited for all the resurrection life that comes with Jesus. And I just thought, wow, yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. So just having that perspective, and I thought that was one of the great things that she kind of drew our attention to was that recognizing that we are in this broken world, but also recognizing that we are to remember our creator. And that Mm. as we do, we're to remember as well that Jesus is coming, that he has come, that ultimately he brings that restoration that we're kind of longing for, like the frustration of this world. And we enjoy the things that we've got, but also that's not it what Jesus is doing he makes the way straight he he brings restoration joyful things joyful things yeah really good let's get going so we're in chapter five and six today so I'm going to read the whole thing let's go guard your steps when you go to the house of God go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong do not be quick with your mouth do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God God is in heaven you are on earth so let your words be few. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfil it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfil your vow. 
It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger, my vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. If you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things. For one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself profits from the fields. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to their owners except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a labourer is sweet, whether they eat little or much, but as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners, or wealth lost through some misfortune, so that when they have children, there's nothing left for them to inherit. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. This too is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart. And what do they gain since they toil for the wind? All their days they eat in darkness with great frustration, affliction and anger. This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labour under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and to be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. I've seen another evil under the sun, and it weighs heavily on mankind. God gives some people wealth, possessions and honour, so that they lack nothing their hearts desire, but God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them, and strangers enjoy them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. A man may have a hundred children and live many years, yet no matter how long he lives, if he cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. It comes without meaning, it departs in darkness, and in darkness its name is shrouded. Though it never saw the sun or knew anything, it has more rest than does a man, even if he lives a thousand years twice over but fails to enjoy his prosperity. Do not all go to the same place? Everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. What advantage have the wise over fools? What do the poor gain by knowing how to conduct themselves before others? Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Whatever exists has already been named, and whatever humanity is has been known. No one can contend with someone who's stronger. The more the words, the less the meaning, and how does that profit anyone? For who knows what is good for a person in life during the few and meaningless days they pass through like a shadow? Who can tell them what will happen under the sun after they are gone? Thank you, Sarah. There's a lot. There's a lot in there, isn't there? It, we, we seem to be getting into a bit of a, a mixture between the, the overarching themes we've had before of God being in control, of God coming back to wealth a bit, and then we have mm-hmm. these kind of pithy proverbs in the middle of it as well, which is classic, classic wisdom kind of stuff, isn't it? And and working out what to do with them. <laughs> yeah, big time. There's, a, there's definitely a link from chapter four, isn't there? We had something of a worship of wealth and kind of self in chapter four, and then here we're really seeing. Well, the kind of right worship, really, that's how he starts, isn't it? At the beginning of chapter five, it's the right worship, which is in deep humility, isn't it? I'm very struck by that phrase, God is in heaven, you are on earth, so let your words be few. Like there's there's a kind of real reverence and awe of who the Lord is and what you're to do as you kind of draw near to the Lord because of your 
your creatureliness and him as creator. And interesting that the first place he goes to is what you do with your words. Like mm. Listening and speaking is kind of like an indicator of how much we recognize that position, I think. And as someone who has many words, that is a very <laughs> challenging <laughs> kind of statement, isn't it? And just, just that idea that as we come to worship God, as we approach the Lord rightly, that, that we would want to be those who listen rather yeah. than just bring our, our many words. Yeah, there's, and I think this kind of chimes with the rest of the theme of the whole book, doesn't it? We actually fear the Lord um, and obey his commandments. And here that looks like really drawing near with reverence and trembling towards him, doesn't it, because of who he is. And there's a kind of contrast then, isn't there, between those who really do worship money and wealth and just the just the kind of um, the enslaved kind of aspect of that. I I don't know whether you noticed the kind of, in verse 10, it's they never have enough, they're never satisfied. And um, there's a kind of sleeplessness about it in verse 12, the kind of roving appetite, never satisfied again in um, chapter six, verse seven, um, verse eight, verse nine. Like it's really um, those who worship wealth are enslaved to that. And it's it's harmful to its owners, actually, in, in chapter five, verse 13. Um, it's yeah, it's it's very striking, isn't it? The The contrast. And I think that really fits with this idea. And we have the repetition of that word meaningless again, don't we? This Hevel word that we've talked about before. Mm. And it kind of fits with that, doesn't it? If you if you are chasing after that, which is not going to last, and wealth is, is the classic example of that, then that is going to be so uns- unsatisfying and eroding of, of who you are because you're just kind of caught up in that which doesn't last. Which I think then, as we come to verses 18 and through to 20 of chapter 5, because mm. that's the challenge, isn't it? So you're like, okay, I, I get it. That's not the way to go. But what is the way to go? And we've had at the start of chapter five, we have that kind of approaching God rightly, fearing God, humility before our creator. And I think then chapter five verses 18 to 20 is really helpful in just, um, this is what it is that I have observed to be good, that it's appropriate for a person to eat, to drink and to find satisfaction in their labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given. Mm, And that seems to be the shift. That's the difference, isn't it? It's not so much as to whether we have wealth or not. It's how we're regarding it in light of who God is and who we are. And it's coming back to this idea of gift rather than gain, which I think we've talked about previously as well. Yeah, big time. And I think I'm really struck in a passage that starts about worship this is this is worship then isn't it to think about your wealth and what you have whether you feel like you have much or whether you have little whatever it is that you have it's a gift from God and actually it says he's the one who gives you the ability to enjoy it and then it goes on to talk about the man who who doesn't have the ability to enjoy it that he can't grasp it you know he can't enjoy it even though he has all that he would ever desire and it's fruitless. It's, you know, they say it's it, the contrast is to a stillborn baby, which is just kind of stark, isn't it? Language. Mm. But actually, yeah, in verses 18 to 20, right and proper worship of the Lord actually looks like putting wealth in its right place as a gift to be enjoyed of what you have of it and to not be pedestaled how our culture, gen, you know, tend to do in so many different ways but actually to enjoy the gift that it is and to be happy with your lot and whether that's much or little. Yeah. To, to, I think that's what struck me that kind of 
And enjoyment is actually a form of worship of the Lord here. I agree. And isn't that just really good to know? I, I feel like that's, yeah. that gives freedom to look at what we have, whether it's a little or a lot, and to thank God for it. I, I love that phrase at the end of verse 20, God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. I, I think that is something to pray for, isn't it? That we would have yeah. gladness of heart and so therefore enjoy what we have. And yeah, I, I've that has really been sort of resonating with me this week as I've been mulling what it is to really worship God rightly. And I think a big part of that is recognizing what he has given us and and with our eyes on him, enjoying yeah. what's in front of us. Yeah. We, and it's coming back continually again to this language of gift, not gain, isn't it? Like actually we're not striving after the wind. We're not striving after wealth for the sake of wealth. Like it's it's a gift. And so we in, enjoy the gift. And I think I don't know, as we as we kind of do take this to Jesus, as we do start to think about how how he chooses to um, interact with with the topic of wealth and and that in the New Testament, I think what really struck me was um, it came to me that, you know, that bit in Mark where he talks about how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God easier for the you know a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And actually that that is true, isn't it? If you are so bound up with wealth in this way that you can't sleep and you're never satisfied and you never got enough and you're constantly clamoring after it, it's very difficult to still your heart before the Lord and see that you need him, isn't it? And I think just taking and seeing Jesus's words and the kind of the wisdom of yeah. the wisest preacher king um, and starting to see how he took that forward um, has, yeah, it's been helpful for me in that. I think as well, I agree that it's so helpful to hear Jesus's warning in that. And it's really helpful then to hear him again speak in John 6, 27. He talks about not working for the food that spoils, that food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. And I think it's again, that reminder again and again, eternity comes from the hands of the Lord and this wealth, this worship that for, for that which is of the moment is not running in the same direction. Yeah, it bang on. Like I think it's just really helpful, isn't it, to see um see Jesus' words, kind of the root of them here, and then how he fleshes them out. Um before we wrap up, Felicity, where is there a couple of things that kind of this has really kind of hit home for you this week in terms of driving it to your own heart? I mean, I was really struck by the start of chapter five. Just this idea that listening and really being careful with how many words we use then reflects our perspective and how much I'm regarding myself rightly and regarding God rightly. And so I've, I've, it's made me just, I think, approach the Lord more quietly, not in a bad way, just in a kind of reflective way. Like before I jump in with my zillion requests, like, am I just fearing God? Am I revering him? And, and that's been a, a heart shift, I think, this week. What about you? Where is it taking you? Yeah, I would actually say similarly in terms of challenged on how does this kind of puncture the pretense that I can bring to worship, whether that's on a Sunday at church or during the week or whatever it is, just actually, yeah, still stilling our hearts before the Lord and just remembering that he is in heaven and I am on earth and how that should shape my worship and sitting before him. But also the enjoyment, like more and more, we're seeing the enjoyment, aren't we? And actually that we have been given gifts to enjoy. And he says do that because we don't know how long life is going to last. So enjoy the gifts that you've been given. Enjoy the gift of wealth, whatever that looks like for you. 
um enjoy your lot and I think it's just good it's just good like it's been good to kind of realize that's part of worship actually and that's that's encouraging and that's challenging as well to actually hold it in its right place and I'm encouraged to kind of think more of that and yeah Yeah. I'm do you know yeah and to to pray for that gladness of heart I think that's a big factor isn't it like actually the Lord enable us and And that he would give yeah as he say gives someone the he gives someone the wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them and actually that's a gift isn't it the ability to enjoy them and see them rightly so would you pray for us Felicity as we close absolutely heavenly father we praise you that you show us who you are and who we are thank you that we can come before you um, fearing God and and knowing that you are the gift giver and so we pray that we'd have eyes to see what you have put in front of us. We pray that you might give us a gladness of heart. Help us to enjoy what we have in you as our eyes are fixed on you yourself. Father, please, um, would you help us to just keep looking to you as we walk on seeking to be wise in this life that you've given us under the sun. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Like it's really, it's really good to to be back each time, isn't it? We just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's partnered with us to enable us to continue doing what we're doing with the podcast. We're deeply grateful for every person who chooses to listen to our conversations, who chooses to share the podcast with a friend or two, and for those who've generously given to help us make it more sustainable. Thank you so much. We'll see you next Friday as we crack on with chapter seven. See you then. Bye-bye. This episode has been sponsored by tenofthose.com.